Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Talking Schmidt. I'm continuing my series. Last week, had a chance to talk to Nick Edwards. I uh, had a great little conversation with him. Uh, he's playing football at UT Martin. This week, a little bit different, switching gears a little bit uh, to a now a collegiate baseball player and one of my other very, very uh, great friends, uh, a, a kid that I really enjoyed getting a chance to coach for one season at Clarksville High School, uh, but now playing baseball at Lee and Gavin Baxter. Hello, sir, and welcome to Talking Schmidt. Coach, thanks for having me on. So, Gavin, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what's been going on for you. Um, obviously, uh, you know, you graduated uh, would have been 2021, correct? Was that yes. the spring of 2021? Yes. Okay, so you yeah. graduated in spring of 2021, and then you went to start playing uh, college baseball. Talk about that journey um, of playing, you know, from the end of your high school career. You already knew where you were going. I know that. Uh, you kind of knew before you even swung a bat your senior year where you were going. Um, but talk a little bit about that journey into playing college ball. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for having me on once again. Um, and I just want to say I miss those lights on Fridays because, my gosh, there's nothing. There's no greater feeling like uh, Friday night and suiting up with the boys. But, um, you know, it's been a long journey. You know, this is year three for me now. Um, I redshirted my freshman year. and there were a lot of doubts. Um, I'll be honest with you, coach. Um, you know, regardless is like, I, am I going to stay at Lee or am I going to go somewhere else or like what, what the deal is. Um, but you know, I've really just kind of stuck with my wits and had faith and yeah, here we are year three. And it's, there's been a lot of changes. I actually made a change to my swing today. I feel like it's a constant, constant thing, but um, that's kind of what baseball is. And, you know, still love it. And I've got two really great roommates. Um, had them for all three years so far. Um, JJ and Jack and, um, brought a lot of, a lot of new friendships along the way. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed every second of it, even the bad times. Fortunate that my freshman season, my redshirt freshman season, um, I played a decent amount, about half the games. Um, and then my redshirt year, we went, we went on to win the conference championship. So that was pretty cool to get some, uh, get a ring my first year and, uh, hoping to do that again this year. Awesome. man! I love to hear that. I love to hear about, I, I think a lot of times, you know, a lot of younger guys, uh, they'll definitely, you know, the dream is always to play the next level. Everybody has that dream. I think if you're, if you're an athlete, you always have a little bit of you. That's always like, man, I, you know, What's it like to be at the next level? And, and I think you say, like, you hit the nail on the head to start with there is like that redshirt freshman year for you was like, did I make the right decision? And do I still love this? Is it something that I want to do? And I think a lot of people don't realize that. What got you through that? What got you thinking like, hey, like, I no, I need to stick with this because, uh, you know, this is a game that I've played since I was a boy and I love. Um, I think there was a couple of factors. I think the main thing was that I had a lot of people around me reassuring me that things are going to get better um, because, you know, growing up in Clarksville, being around a very competitive sports, you know, it wasn't easy to just be named a starter. And, I'm, you know, you know, coach, especially at the Clarksville High, the competition there and the um, just overall, like, will to play is a lot higher than most areas. And, 
I mean, I wasn't, I'm not very much of a quitter either. And so I wasn't just going to lay down on that. Plus, I think the fact that I loved baseball and that I loved it even more um, because I, I would honestly say that I'm a pretty hard worker. I don't know. You could critique me on that if you want to, but uh, I honestly fell in love all over again, playing baseball um, through this process. It made me enjoy the opportunities when they arose um, because as a red shirt, I obviously wasn't playing at all. And so when I did get, you know, opportunities in inner squads, live at bats during practice or, you know, playing over that summer in Hopkinsville, I just soaked everything in, you know, it was big opportunities whenever I got the chance and, you know, it's, it's paid off and I've gotten closer to my coaches because of it. Um, and I think that was really the main thing that got me through it. Um, I should say it's kind of the main thing, the main thing, uh, and something I, you know, coach, you always know I harp on is just keeping faith in God. I mean, it was just a huge thing for me. And there was a lot of nights I really struggled, but I mean, just a lot of, a lot of faith in him and a lot of faith in my friends and a lot of faith in my own self, um, honestly. And so I think there was, there was a culmination of things, but overall it's been an enjoyable process despite having some really rough days. Um, you know, baseball is a game of failure, but I think what really got me through it was just keeping the faith in general with a lot of things. Yeah. I love to hear that. Uh, and yeah, I know you're a very faith based and, um, you know, you're a big FCA guy and, and I think you led a lot of our teammates and, you know, a lot of the guys on the team to, to Christ, which was really cool, uh, to see you be such an advocate and just like one season, you were like a very big advocate for, um, just guys, you know, coming to talk to you after, you know, you know, coach and I would come in and talk and things of that nature. So always seeing you be that type of person is a really cool, um, you know, thing. And, and I, is that something you've continued at Lee? Is that something that you still, you know, you know, work on and keep uh, a part of your everyday life? Oh, absolutely. Um, I always want to just seemingly be someone that you can always talk to. Um, I'll never forget, you know, Aiden Davis, uh, senior on Clarksville High's football team this year. Um, you know, he was obviously very just, you know, he was very, very freshman like his freshman year. And now he's grown up and it's it's been so cool to see it. And uh Laney Best also, me and him get a breakfast like I don't know, every time I able to come back into town, I've I've tried to go and see him and we catch up and just seeing him, you know told me that he's got an offer from Birmingham Southern, which is pretty exciting. And hopefully he'll, uh, you know, take that opportunity if he feels the uh, choice is right. But I don't know. I, I mean, you know, my freshman year here, it was tough to do that because I was once again back at the bottom of the food chain. But now a redshirt sophomore, kind of like, you know, my third year. And a lot of these new guys uh, definitely, I hope, feel like they can flock to me when they – you know, want to talk about something that's on their heart or just be a friend. I mean, heck, I'd love to have a good time. So I feel like I'm hopefully carrying on that same, uh, that same, I don't know, perspective that people have on me. Hey, I, I have something for you that you're going to love to hear. Uh, we were playing against Hopkinsville and Aiden Davis ran a corner and was wide open, but they did not throw it to him. He didn't, Caden didn't see him. Caden didn't oh see him, but he God. was wide open. Nobody was around him. 
it would have been a, an, a magic moment for Aiden Davis. So oh, uh, he's sure. almost there. He's almost there. I know you're, you're probably, you know, he, you might be one of the first people he texts whenever it happens. I might text you on the sidelines if it happens to be honest <laughs> with you. So um, just get ready for that text. If it happens that Aiden scored a touchdown. Um, oh, yeah. So talk a little bit about the, uh, the summer ball thing. Cause you get to come back to Hopkinsville. Um, you get to play for, it's the hoppers, correct? That's who it is. Yes, sir. That's who it is. Talk a little bit about that and and what that does for you guys as college players, like what um, that summer ball does for you. So my experience is a little bit different. Most guys there are able to uh, live with the host family. You know, Hopkinsville is 30 minutes or so from the good old city of Clarksville. And, you know, the past two summers, um, been real fortunate just to be able to live at home, spend some time with my parents and my sister. Um and, but I will say it is the most like magical kind of atmosphere community I've ever been a part of. Um, Hopkinsville is a very small town and there's really not much up there, but when it comes to Hoppers baseball, we feel like, you know, I'm sure if you ever run into a guy that has ever played for that team, it, they'll say that they felt like they were minor league baseball players. I mean, just there were people, there were kids wanting autographs from us. And I mean, it was amazing because I mean, we were just playing baseball and, you know, as enjoyable as it is to just like do that stuff. I mean, at the same time, I'm still just a kid wanting to play baseball. And so like, it's, it's just awesome because you have, you know, from all the way to being like a five-year-old kid all the way up to you know, some elderly folks showing up, they all show up. And I, I think opening week this past year, there was 500 people at um, Christian County high school baseball field. And there's not that many seats at that park. So it's, it's just remarkable. Not only um, just what this team and what this atmosphere brings to the city, um, but how this, you know, team is led and ran by such a great leadership team. Um, and it's just been, it's been truly a blessing these past few years. And I'm very thankful for what Hopkinsville has, you know, given me and hopefully maybe again next, this summer, we'll see. Um, but it's, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, for any college baseball player that is wanting to get something, um, to get an experience that most everybody can't playing summer baseball in a small town, you'll surely, get the support yeah i used to love covering i covered the mink league which was uh missouri kansas places like that Uh, that was really fun i mean to see people come in from all over uh, was a really cool kind of situation um and and you're right i mean there's kids are you know there was the joplin outlaws and there was kids wearing like kids would wear joplin outlaws jerseys to like school like it was just it was really crazy to see so it's really cool to um, that, you know, that summer league happens for for baseball guys and stuff like that. Let's go back a little bit in time here. Let's go back to your senior year. Um, this is where you and I met each other. Uh, it was your first year coming out back to play football, my first year coaching. Um, I'm sure people thought we might have been related. Um, <laughs> right now, we look like we could be. We both got the full beards going on. You just have the, you have a, you have better flow than I do. I have a pretty good hair for being, you know, in my thirties, but uh, you got a pretty good flow going on. Talk a little bit about like, what made you want to come out and play football that year? Well, first off coach, you're a good looking man for a man in his thirties. But I mean, 
you know, there was always something that I wanted to like push myself to play football. Um, the concern was I was going to get hurt because I'm not, I wasn't the biggest guy, but I, I, I guess it was just a fear. And I'd always, I wasn't able to get over that fear and I enjoyed being a fan. I enjoyed pulling for the team, but I always just thought it was the, it would be the coolest thing to, you know, just get to be out there. Um, and obviously donning the purple and gold, you know, that last season, I mean, just those white jerseys with the gold number, uh, those got retired right after I graduated. So that was really cool. And then, you know, just like the the history of Clarksville High football, it's it's so it's so important, you know, to recognize. And, you know, Coach Shelby had always been on my on my case about going out and playing football. And, you know, if I if I'm not mistaken, I was the only baseball football guy out there that year. Yeah. Um, and so that was also a motiv- motivating thing. But I think the biggest thing was I didn't want to live with any regrets. It was always something I wanted to do. And, you know, I just love playing football. I mean, it, like I said, the, the feeling of going out on a Friday night, it's one of the things I miss the most. And, you know, just going out there and being able to just play, you know, it was, it was special. And I wanted to not only feel that, but make – you know, a lot of new friends at, through the team. And it was just, it was incredible. I mean, I think the the thing is, I just didn't want to live with regrets. And I remember specifically, that was the thing I said after uh, the Northeast game, the playoff game is just to not live with any regrets. And yeah, I mean, that's something I'd always wanted to do. And, you know, Shelby had always been on me about it and always been on head about it. And so I was like, you know what, here we go. Let's go ahead and jump jump into this. Yeah, we had a you and I. You had to you had to look at me. Um, I want to say it was there was one game. I can't remember what it was, and I just remember like somebody hit you, and I like because I knew that like I knew that you were it was like football wasn't your end all be like I knew there was like there was life for you post football and baseball and going to play collegiately. And I knew all this was in the works. I remember you got, you're getting hit and I just like, I wanted to pull you and you like <laughs> yelled at me and you said, I'm not fragile. And I was like, I got to let you, yeah, I got mistaken. That was the first game at Stewart's Creek. Yeah. I caught a bubble and tried to run back to the inside and the linebacker leveled me. Yeah. I was, I was a little worried for you. And I, and I was just like, we got to We got to protect him. And I just remember you looking at me and you're like, I'm not fragile. Like I can take a hit coach. Like, it's okay. Like, that's why I'm out here. And I just had to sit back and be like, okay. And like now you've been the, and I'll be honest with you, you were the catalyst. And I think you are the catalyst for the fact that, you know, most of my receivers are all baseball guys. I, other than clay and obviously the Aiden's all of my main receivers that I coach now uh, ben Moore, Coley Reynolds, Keaton Anderson, Cooper Nebin. I mean, all those guys are baseball guys. They play baseball in the spring. Um, and, you know, I think you were kind of the catalyst, but also you kind of shaped me as a coach because, like, I know those guys can take a hit and I just, you know, lay off of it. And I'm like, oh, you're fine. Like, Gavin <laughs> did that. Like, grow up. You're good. Like, if you get hit, get up, you know? Uh, so I think you've kind of, I guess, jaded me to these guys. So they didn't get me when I was worried about them. Now I'm just like, Gavin would have popped back up and been like, is that all you got? 
Um, but how do you feel? I mean, is that something cool for you to kind of think? Cause I mean, like Corbin's out there now, I, I'm sure you've, you've got to meet Corbin and oh, yeah. uh, he's a talented, talented young man. Um, Porter Murph, we have a ton of baseball guys that we didn't have. I mean, you were the lone baseball guy. And then now, I mean, it's like, I would say, a, I would say probably, uh, maybe like an eighth, I guess like maybe probably about an eighth of our starters are all baseball guys now. Well, you know, as much as I'd love to, like, attribute that to myself, um, and speaking of, you know, you getting upset about the hit, I remember Shelby did the exact same thing, so <laughs> you shouldn't feel as guilty. Um, but, I mean, really, it was the guys before me, Ford Cooper um, and Skyler Luna, Devin Bender, all of those guys were guys that I kind of looked up to, um, and they had always kind of pushed me to play football. I just never really took them up on that opportunity. But when um, they had all graduated, I was like, man, there's just like, like I said, nobody that had played baseball to play football. There was that one year gap where nobody from baseball went out to play football. And it was weird. Cause like, you know, it was just kind of sports that kind of meshed. And so I was like, you know, let's, let's give this a chance. And I tried to drag some other guys out there. Um, Shelby always wanted me to recruit. You wanted me to recruit some of the mm-hmm. baseball guys that come out there. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, playing two sports, I think it's helpful, not only for them to, you know, just to experience getting to play football, but I think in the long run, if they're trying to play collegiate baseball, playing football is a huge thing because I definitely got stronger. Uh, Coach Stanley, get me right. Um, but also, it teaches something a little bit about toughness. I mean, you know, there was days where we got in trouble and we had to run around that practice field for the entirety of practice. And, you know, if we did that for baseball, you know, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but there'd be a lot of complaining and a lot of, Oh, we shouldn't be doing this, but you know, football, you just get stuff done. And, you know, you face, you face uh, consequences for your actions. And I think football just really taught accountability and, you know, seeing, all of these baseball guys come out now. It's it's super cool because I not only think, you know, they're helping the program with Shelby, they're going to help Coach Hetland in the spring and, you know, hopefully run back to the state again like they did this past year. Yeah. Um, and I think it's I think it's super cool. I mean, hopefully they continue on, you know, telling baseball guys to come out and play football because I, by all means, I think it's something that should happen. Yeah, it was crazy to me, like coming back because, you know, when I was at Clarksville High School, um, our starting quarterback, our starting tight end, our starting safety, um, you know, some of our other receivers, like they were all baseball guys that started baseball and football. And so it was weird to like come back. And then, you know, I was talking to Coach Shelby and, you know, when I got back into it and he was like, yeah, he was like, we really don't have like a lot of baseball players anymore. And I was like, what? That's like the main, like, that's like the two sports. I mean, there was always guys like when I was at school, there was always guys like Reed Harper, but like even Reed played base or played basketball. He had an amazing three point shot, yeah. probably still the best three point shooter. I know um, he'll never let me say that about him because he doesn't like to have me like say how good he was. Um, but Reed could hit a ball a mile, um, but he could shoot lights out in a gym. I'm telling you that right now. If you get to ever see that, he still goes out in hoops. He won't like. He'll, he'll tell me like he's too old to do it. And I'm like, you're a liar. I know better than that. Like I'm too old to do it, um, but you're not. Um, so like the dual sport, I think is always like a huge thing, but there's always that tradition of like, 
being the baseball guy during the spring, being the football guy in the fall, and especially like when you're in like a town like this. And I think we're starting to see, um, you know, a lot of the other schools start to do it too. I think they're starting to like talk to their baseball partners being like, Hey, you should come play football. Like there's no reason why you shouldn't like it. You do the dual sport thing. Um, you know, if you do it right, you're going to protect yourself. I'm, I, I believe right now, um, you know, looking at Corbin, I mean, to take an example and, and, and to look at what he's done first few weeks, I, I, he was each week, he got better and better and better. Now he's, you know, every week, you know, getting his nose in there, he's hitting people. And it's just like, dude, you're, yeah, you're, you're an awesome, like large, like body, like you should be able to do that. You should get in there and, and kind of, you know, beat up on some people. Like that's who you are. Like you're a catcher. You have to be tough as a catcher. So, um, yeah, I love the fact that like, you know, it's starting to be realized a little bit more that like you can be, you know, that guy, um, and you can have those moments. I mean, we have three of our, you know, I don't know if you, if, you know, you've heard any of what we do at quarterback now, um, but pretty much we have all five of our guys running at any point. Um, Dawson, not so much right now because of his hand, but I mean, of those guys, four of the five are all baseball players. So, I mean, we, we, you know, we dipped into that well as well, Jack Wyatt and Dawson Smith and James Dalrymple and now Caden. I mean, these, these guys are all doing fantastic jobs at, uh, at, you know, at quarterback as well. So we've dipped into just a weird pool of like guys who are like, we want to do both. So, um, I think you're the catalyst for it though. You won't say it. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, I'll give you that love there that you were the catalyst for certain. Well, I appreciate that coach. Hopefully, uh, hopefully other people can see that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they'll, they'll continue to do it. I, uh, you know, Gavin, you, we talk a little bit about, you know, um, just your time in college and, and things of that nature. What, what's college like for you, um, as an athlete? Um, you know, as busy as it gets, it's enjoyable because yes, I can get kind of like, just slammed with work and slammed with practice. But I mean, realistically, that's, you know, if you truly love the sport you play, it's, it's going to be fun. And I mean, there's no doubt I have had to, you know, stay up later and study a lot more than I ever had to in high school, in high school. But also it's like, these are things that I need to learn as an adult or for my adulthood, because if I learn how to better my, like my time management and, you know, I can enjoy the things about college. I can enjoy go hanging out with my friends. I can enjoy just doing stuff with my free time and not have to worry about doing homework. Um, and, you know, fortunately I don't really get slammed all that much with too much homework. It's just kind of like long papers and all that stuff. But um, I'm able to get that stuff done, you know, over a certain amount of time and it's, it's honestly not been bad. I mean, the, the whole student part has been enjoyable because I've really tried to just become a better student in general. Um, but also being an athlete, you know, I think that there comes a, uh, kind of a, like a stereotype student athlete, you know, a lot of people want to think that, uh, student athletes just aren't the smartest people with some people that may be true, but I've known a couple of guys that I've graduated from here to go on and get, you know, pre-meds and do medical school. And it's just, 
it's 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 incredible and uh you know just as it being a student athlete it's it's definitely a str- like a strain at times but the re- the rewards you reap and the discipline you like learn it's just it's unmatched the smartest guy i've ever known was a division 1 basketball player by the name of joe harms um, CBS Sports actually came to Austin P to do a story on him because he actually created a 3D um, like heart valve that could like f- like cut the price of like like heart valve replacement or something crazy like that. He would have to tell a story. Dude's the smartest guy I've ever met, um, and he was a Division One basketball player for Austin P. So um, people don't really realize that uh, I I teach a lot of athletes. Um, I have a lot of athletes that come through you know, my doors, I always feel that the athletes, um, are the hardest workers as well. Um, and you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we, I also establish a pretty good repertoire with them because they see me at every game calling it. So it, it is a little bit easier for them to be like, Oh yeah, you, you're on the sidelines all the time or like whatever it is, or you're in the box. Um, but like, you know, I always do feel that my athletes give 110% when they're in there. Um, but they also do that. I think because their coaches know me, and so if their coaches know me, they know, like, um, I had a, I had a student, uh, not too long ago, I want to say it was probably last fall. And she used to tell coach young, who's the, uh, coach here, the women's coach at Austin P, uh, that like, I didn't care if they were, if they showed up on time and coach young pulled me aside and she said, Hey, you're not doing them any benefit by being lax to them and giving them special credit. She's like, you do that for everybody, which I normally do. I mean, if you show up a little bit late, like I'm not going to matter too much, but like, you know, for <laughs> athletes, like she wants them there early. And, uh, she told me, she was like, you're not giving them, like, you're not benefiting them by letting them have an easy, easy pass. And I was like, yes, ma'am. I mean, makes perfect sense. So like, I even have to pull back myself sometimes and like, you know, give the benefit of the doubt, but also, you know, I know also you guys are, you know, you know, a normal college student is going home, or like going back to their dorm and not doing much where you guys are practicing for four hours or five hours, whatever it is, you know, so I, I do realize that as well. Um, yeah. So I always try to give a benefit of the doubt as well as a professor, but um, do you have like, now that you've been, you know, you know, you've, you've got to meet coach Shelby and you know, coach Shelby and you know, I'll do a podcast with him last week. I asked Nick to think of a question to ask coach Shelby. Um, now that you're out of kind of the realm of Clarksville high school and you know, you're in college you know, what is there ever anything you've ever wanted to ask Coach Shelby um, that you wanted to know, but you never could ask him? And now, like, you're an adult. So you're like, I want to ask him this question. Oh, my goodness. That is a question with so many possibilities. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, Coach is he's he's an interesting guy. And I think you can agree with me when I say that. And that is no knock on Coach Shelby. And I, learned so much and honestly probably one of my favorite coaches I've ever played for you know obviously aside from coach Schmidt here um but oh man let's see what question could I ask what did Nick ask let me ask you that Nick asked the Sopranos question so Nick asked um and sorry Scout's getting up here she's wanting to be involved Uh, she got in on Nick's interview as well um (laughs) Uh, he asked Coach Shelby if Coach Shelby could replace one character on The Sopranos and be that character, who would it be? So oh, he's man. watching The Sopranos right now with his roommate, so he's trying to – he wanted to ask that question. So he asked The Sopranos-themed question. Okay. 
Huh. So I guess my question then for Coach Shelby would be uh, – let me think here. Give me a minute, and we can keep talking, okay. and maybe okay. Come we'll back. come back to it. We'll come back to it. If it hits you while you're talking, be like, "Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it." Um, so obviously, uh, you know that that is you know being around. You, you mentioned having Coach Shelby a, as a coach, and uh, you know, I mean, he always loves to hear things. And, and Nick gave some really funny answers. I felt because you know he's had he's had Coach Shelby, Coach Heupel, and now Coach Simpson, and those are all. Three pretty well-known coaches. If you're in this area, you know Coach Shelby. Obviously, I mean, if you're in the state of Tennessee and you know college football, you know who you know Josh Heupel is. And uh, even in this area, you should know who Coach Simpson is at UT Martin. And he was talking a little bit about, you know, uh, football coaches. They, you know, the the saying that a lot of players have is that football players are all like um, they're nerds that wouldn't ever let you like call them nerds because they're like nerds to the game. Like they study it, they love it. Um, what's the difference for you? Cause obviously this is baseball. So what's the difference for you between a baseball coach that you've had and, and football coach? Like, what would you say are like the differences between us? Oh man. So this has been kind of the constant theme for baseball coaches. Um, and oh man, this might get out to the wrong ears, but the micromanaging dude, it is just like baseball coaches. I think expect a lot out of their guys not that football coaches don't but you know with baseball little small movements could be the difference in winning and losing a a baseball game you know bunning a ball that dies 10 feet from where it should die you know that ball could get fielded and you could be out as opposed to it being in the right spot and you could be safe and and so just the micromanaging and in general kind of a more harsh uh, not environment, but just kind of living in, you know, always practice because coach Shelby, the first thing I'll, I'll never forget. And I guess this could be my question to coach Shelby is that does he still not believe in stretching before games? (laughs) Because I remember I showed up and I was stretching and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm stretching coach. What do you expect me to do? And he was like, well, are you going to come off the bench in the seventh inning and pinch hit and get going stretching somewhere? And I was like, I mean, I guess not, but it was just funny because I think football is you just got to be expected to do it. You always got to be ready. And baseball, I just feel like there's so much, you know, looking at every aspect and just like looking at what you got to do for bunt defense, what you got to do for, you know, certain offensive plays like hit and run and like what you got to do with your mechanics and all that stuff. But like football, you just go out there and do it, man. Like go out there and run a slant, go out there and, you know, block for um, power run. Like it's, you know, yeah, there, there are some complex things about football. And, you know, there's some people that I remember from playing, you know, that wouldn't get their hands on the proper people. And, you know, it was just like kind of confusing to make tackles and all that stuff. But I feel like with baseball, there's just so much more like and the coaches just care so much more about the small things. And football coaches are just like, man, go out there and do it. And I I think that was just one of the noticeable things. And honestly, 
it just makes the you can appreciate both of them for it because you can appreciate a baseball coach that really cares and really wants to not you know like crack down on certain mistakes the small things um but you can also really respect a football coach who knows what the heck he's talking about and is like all right we're gonna do this and we're gonna get it right and you know coach shelby and you were both very much like that um you know getting on the jugs machine machine every single day you're adamant we're gonna get this right we're gonna get our hands in the proper place and we're not gonna you know keep them there like they're bricks we're gonna you know obviously use them and uh, keep our hands soft and catch balls off the machine and then go out there for team for offense and catch balls with Davin and all these things, you know, with baseball, it's just kind of like, I want to pick this apart and we're going to practice this and then we're going to get to that. And so I think that was one of the major things. And also uh, football coaches are just not afraid to tell you where you went wrong. Some baseball coaches I've played for are just like kind of beating around the bush. But no, you guys are just going to be honest with me. You're just like, your run blocking sucks. Let's uh, let's figure this out. Let's get your hands in the right place. So, I mean, there's definitely been some differences, but I think it makes me appreciate both of them. Both, like, being a baseball player, seeing a good baseball coach, and being a football player and seeing a good football coach makes me appreciate them more. Well, you'll be, uh, you'll be surprised to hear the jug machine. You're looking at the jug machine. I throw, oh, really? I throw about 40 passes a day. Oh, I am, I am like we're route combos. I, I would probably say, I'd probably say on a, on a day where we don't have, I probably throw more than 40. Let's be realistic here. Um, I am, I am throwing every pass, you know, because we have our quarterbacks work inside, um, you know, they have to work on handoffs and stuff like that. So when we're doing scout, you know, when we're doing our uh, team defense, our scout defense, we're doing inside drills inside for scout. Um, I have the DBs and like the younger receivers. And then when we go to our actual inside for varsity, we do the exact same. And we have the younger DBs and the um, varsity receivers. And I throw every route. It's me. Um, we, we've kind of gotten into more so of like trying to perfect the route running, even though we don't throw the ball that much, but um, we haven't had to do to be honest with you. Back but, to, back to uh, the old triple. Yeah, that's we that's it's worked pretty well. James Dalrymple has benefited off that very much this year. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the passes that we do, I mean, we and it's really cool, I think, this year though, too, as well, because you know this as well as I did. We only had Davin. Davin was the only person that threw the ball. Um, now we have, you know, four or five guys that can all throw the ball. Um, so when we do, you know, perimeter and things of that nature, we have the ability to throw the ball a bit more, but yeah, uh, no more jug machine. It's, it's, you know, I'd love to get it out there, but, um, you know, a lot of the kids don't want to lug it up the hill and then lug it inside and, and all that stuff. So I just throw to them and, you know, that's pretty much what they get every day is just me throwing it. So I've had to like, like there's a time frame from really like mid November until, spring ball which is normally a little bit later and i have not thrown a football during that time and then from <laughs> spring ball to like midway through the summer I, I started coming to a few more summer practices so i get to know the freshmen a little bit better um and then seven on sevens and so i don't throw a football and then i come back and i like have to like ice my arm um so <laughs> i am i am the jug machine now uh so we don't we don't always rip that out shelby always be like oh we should pull the jug machine out and then like i'll get to practice and the jug machine's not out so i'm like well i guess it's me um, so you'd be happy to know that we don't really do that as much anymore. Um, but our stock blocking has gotten perfect. 
Oh, Dog blocking is really good. So uh, we, we block a lot. So, um, uh, that's always a good thing. I, I, w- I do love that question though, too, because we used to do the lines and, you know, you know, give me one clap and we do that. And then we would like do our stretch. Nah, not Shelby cat Jackson. We're going, um, you will be happy to know though. After halftime, we do calisthenics lines. Oh, so we've upgraded just a little bit, um, a little bit different these days. I think a lot of it too, is like the coaching staff has evolved as well. Um, and we're kind of in a good groove with that, with the coaching staff that we have now and what their roles are on game day, which I don't think that was as in place when you were there. Um, and it is uh, not no knock to the guys over there because there's fantastic coaches. It was just, um, you know, we have some guys who realize like what our roles can be on game day. So it changes it and tweaks it just a little bit. So, yeah, but I, I will definitely ask that question. What what does he hate stretching for? Um, that'll be the question of the week for coach Isaac Shelby, Gavin, uh, let's talk it. And I, I got, you know, a little bit here for you, two final questions for you. Number one, what's a day in the life like for a collegiate baseball player? So it kind of depends on the day, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays usually look the same. And then Tuesday, Thursdays usually look the same. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we wake up early for weights starts at seven fifty my time, six fifty your time. Since we're here in Eastern time, um, then go to class from, I don't know, let's say nine to 12. So not bad. Three classes on those days. And then um, got a little bit of a lay layoff until practice time. So I kind of, you know, use that time for lunch or just to go take a nap. Honestly, I'm not not a big nap guy, but I need it sometimes these <laughs> days. Find myself getting tired again. Um then we go to practice. Practice is usually about two and a half hours, not too bad. Um, but we usually get there. I usually get there around two o'clock. Practice starts at three because he wants us to do um, early hitting routines. And so we're ready to take batting practice later in practice and we don't have to rewarm up all again. So all of that stuff's reasonable and it's just kind of become part of my like wiredness for the day. And then after practice, you know, we usually get dinner, usually uh, fit in a phone call with my dad, try to call him every day. Um, and then, you know, either hanging out with my friends, my girlfriend, uh, just kind of anything that's kind of going on. Hopefully I got some free time and that's what I'll do. I'll just spend some time with buddies. Um, and then if not, I'll just be spending my night doing homework, probably procrastinating it a little bit, but uh, we'll be getting it done somehow. Um, and then Tuesday, Thursdays, uh, just kind of wake up, go to class and we're required to go to 70% of chapels per month. It's every Tuesday, Thursday. Um, and so just kind of based on how much I've already attended, I'll either go to chapel or not. Got one more class after that. Then I have a little bit of layoff before practice, show up and do my early work and stuff and go through practice. And then, yeah, repeat that all over again. Um, get to either hang out with my friends and girlfriend or have to spend my night doing homework. And then this year we've been doing like scrimmages on Saturdays. Typically that's in the morning time. Um, this Saturday it'll be at 1030. So it's not terrible. I'll be able to catch college football all that's day. Right. Yeah. All right. So at, with that being said, I mean, you've just kind of listed off the schedule and for anybody who's younger, who, you know, listening in here and, and you want to follow the 
you know, the, the dream like Gavin did here, you know, what is your, um, what's your best piece of advice for a young athlete, a young baseball player, a young football player, whatever it is, um, to, you know, to kind of put that hard work and effort in and to follow that dream. You know, I think for me, I have to put things in perspective. I have to look at the work I've already done. Um, and I think it's something that has kind of kind of died out. It's just like, do I really just want to give this up? Because, you know, I've obviously had my thoughts, um, not recently, but in younger years um, about, you know, is baseball really what I want my future to be? Um, but then the question, you know, I don't know that answer. And if I don't know that answer, I go and just see and just envision what my life is like without baseball or X, whatever it might be. Um, and I just, I see how miserable I probably will be. Um, because I'm still young, regardless of how old I want to think I am. I'm 20 now. I mean, it's, you know, it's getting on that age where real life is close, but at the same time, I'm still young. Um, and by all means, I want to take advantage fully of what I'm able to do and fully take that advantage before it's gone. Um, because, you know, your body gets old, you start to hurt in places you used to not hurt. And amen. <laughs> and I just think, you know, if I was to move, like move on from baseball and later on in life, just like reflect on things that I probably regret doing, you know, if there's anybody chasing a dream, it's just to, to envision that, to envision your life without said thing and see how happy one or two how miserable you are and if that's you know if you're happy then by all means don't keep doing it you know it's not something that you're said you have to do um but at the same time if you're miserable and you genuinely love to do what you do chase after it you know there's going to be people that'll help you you know you've helped you helped me in a lot of moments my senior year um just, you know, with curiosity, being out there as a first-year player, how to, you know, just to get more reps, to get out there, to get to playing. And then, you know, baseball comes around and, you know, you come in support and you still help me kind of my way around some rough times my senior year playing baseball also. It was just – and, you know, obviously we typically go out to eat whenever I'm able to get back in town. And uh, we've talked about some things and talked about real life and, I mean, it kind of applies with things in real life too. You know, if you want to keep doing something, just envision your life with, with it and then see if you're happy or not and see, you know, envision without it and see if you're happy or not. And I think putting things in perspective, you know, I think that helps a lot. And I think that's something, you know, maybe not a five-year-old needs to think about, but, you know, as you get older, get close to high school and, you know, where your mind starts to develop and things, I think it's a huge thing. Um, just putting things in perspective keeps it real. My dad always tells me to keep it real with myself. And so I think that that's a, uh, that's something I would encourage is just to keep it real, put, put things in perspective and just do what you love. I love it, man. Uh, I, I lied to you. I got one final question. Me versus coach price. Who do you like more? Wait, re restate your question. 
Me versus Coach Price. Who do you like more? Oh, my gosh. That is the most difficult question <laughs> of all time, man. There's only one right uh, answer. There's only one right answer. Yeah. You know? And, and it's not both Here's of us. the thing, Coach. Here's the thing. I only had you guys both for one year, and you guys were so great to me. Each in that one-year span. Oh, man. You know, I haven't I haven't seen Coach Price in a long time, so I'm gonna have to give you the edge. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll let him know that too. Um, I'll make sure to rub that in a little bit that uh oh, he might have had you in middle school, but I had you in the formative senior year. So yep. All right, man. Well, Gavin, dude, I love you. I'm glad you're doing big things, man. I I'm proud of you as always. Um, I'll make sure to give your question to Coach Shelby. Um, I'm sure he'll be happy to know that we had a good conversation and he'll definitely tune into the pot. He loves, he loves hearing from you guys. Uh, you know, and I know he loves seeing you guys come back. So I know you're always busy. Um, but he's definitely, you know, when you guys come back in there, I think that fires him up on game day more than he'll admit it. Um, but dude, man, keep doing your thing. Uh, keep living out your dream and, um, you know, whatever your next step is, wherever you want to go, like, I know you're going to do it, man you having me on and you know i'm uh forward to this since uh you had told me that this was going to be a thing i'd always been and when you reached out i was uh i was really excited honestly and i'll definitely have to try to make it back hopefully when um groups six on ones start back here in a couple weeks um i'll be able to make it for a playoff game because i know y'all will be there six and oh looking to be seven oh this week exciting so coach love you man i appreciate you for having me absolutely gavin well it's been another week of talking schmidt uh thank you guys so much for listening to us and we hope that you join us again next time